It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIP cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen and, of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtags RealEnoughToGetAway and hashtag Bud Light Contest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash RealEnoughToGetAway for more details. Hello and welcome to Jam Session. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Juliet is still out. So I have recruited some of The Ringer's best and brightest to talk to me this week. Kate Hallowell is going to be joining us later for the for the mystery bag. Very exciting mystery bag, in my opinion. Learned a lot. Andrew Gutadero will also be joining to talk about two extremely ins- important birthdays in the celebrity space. That would be Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. Both Leos. It's Leo season. Get ready. Uh, but first... Fearless producer and yacht expert, Kaya McMullen, <laughs> is here to talk to me about, honestly, two of the most pressing jam session topics. Hello. So I'm so excited. We are, we're obviously going to talk about Meghan Markle editing British Vogue, which is, I mean, I didn't make that sentence up. You <laughs> might think I did, but it's, it's true. It happened. But first, it is time for a very special celebrity yacht season update because, Kaya, what happened? David Geffen and the rising sun are here. The rising sun has hit the Mediterranean and is also posting on Instagram. I'm just so relieved. It was getting, we're almost in August. Yeah, but that's when they go. That's, That's the high season. That's when the rising sun sets sail and when all the celebrities take their vacations, you know, People were yeah. doing their okay. various business interests, and then August is really the high season. So, All frankly, right. he's a little early. Okay. You know? And the reason that they are already yachting and Instagramming is, should we talk about this Google camp? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what this is. I'm going to call it a summer camp for rich people. Yeah, I mean, there are tons of those. It's it's like Davos. It's like yeah. Aspen Ideas. It's like all of those except— it's extremely exclusive. I think, honestly, we talked about this last year because Google Camp takes place in the Mediterranean. Right. So it brings all of the celebrities together for a couple of days in late July. And then they're already in Europe for their August vacation. Yeah, and they can launch their yachts from there. So it does seem like part of the Rising Sun Gathering was related to Google Camp. Would you like to give us the rundown of who was at Google Camp? So, who was at Google Camp this year? Uh, David Geffen, Bradley Cooper was there. Sure. Katy Perry. Yes. With Orlando Bloom. Yes. I can't believe they're still together. I mean, I know they're engaged, but, it, you know, it was such a I know, it was an such up a, and down. Yeah. It's an odd coupling, but, but you, know. you know, good for them. Uh, Harry Styles. Yes. Stella McCartney. Okay. Diane von Furstenberg. And Barry Diller. And Barry Diller. So Very was, important to know. Was David Geffen actually there, or did he just give them a ride? Because David Geffen and Barry Diller sometimes have competing yachts. I mean, right. Rising Sun is is the number one yacht, but Barry I am Diller's seeing also that both of the, both of their yachts were docked in yeah, Sicily. That's true. So, but we don't know whether David Geffen attended the experience. No, we're not sure because okay. you're not allowed to post Instagram photos from the camp. That's every good camp should have that rule, you know? Privacy is key. Can I read you my favorite part from this Daily Mail article about the Google camp? Of course. And a shout out to the Daily Mail for, as always, being the number one source for yacht news. That's true. So they're in—this is Sicily, is the island, but there is an ancient Greek city on the island of Sicily called Selenunt. I did not pronounce that correctly. Anyway, so there are some— architectural ruins. Anyway, here's the sentence. Cars could be seen taking guests to the Bacchanal Bash, where Google decided to disperse Jeff Koons orbs throughout the ancient archaeological ruins. I don't know what else I need to say about this party. I think that really conjures it all. That's very descriptive writing by the Daily Mail online editor. Yep. Let's just throw around some priceless art and use it as 
lawn decoration. Uh, Let me just go ahead and say a Jeff Koons orb is not priceless. The art market may think so, but you and I know better, Kaya McMullen. Okay, fine. My one art history class informs me. Okay, so here's some yacht updates. Great. So luxury mega yacht, the Andromeda, which is owned by billionaire Kiwi Graham Hart, has been spotted just offshore, as was Barry Diller's sailing vessel, Eos. Not a yacht, a sailing vessel. What a burn. David Geffen's rising sun did swing by briefly on Monday— to drop off Perry and Bloom, but then it continued on its way up okay, the Italian coast. gotcha, gotcha. All right. <laughs> so, apparently Google spends $100,000 renting the 2,500-year-old Valley of the Temples for a concert and a sit-down meal. That, honestly, that's, that seems a reasonable price. I mean, it's not. I don't have that money, obviously, but I, I, it, they could probably get more out of Google if they wanted to. Right. For, for a priceless. For a billionaire summer camp. Like, exactly. Uh, just $100,000 for the venue. That seems reasonable. I agree with you. All right. So Rising Sun Instagram is really just Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom, like pre-camp. Mm-hmm. And then... Marie-José Kravis, who is a Canadian businesswoman, according to Google. If you are Canadian and you know more about her than I do, feel free to get in touch. I'm sorry for not being up on all of my Canadian socialites. So, again, it's early. It's early. There also are rumors that Obama is going to show up at the camp. Okay. So maybe David Geffen will swing back down and pick up Obama for some yachting. That would be very exciting. It really would. I think that there will be more celebrities on the rising sun before the summer is out, and we will be here to update you. Some other minor yacht updates. I didn't even bother to send you these links, Kaya. Catherine Zeta-Jones is in Antibes, and then Kendall Jenner and— Oh, right. I saw and, the Kendall Jenner Instagram photos. Right, and I think Courtney and the kids are yeah. all in Corsica, which I've always wanted to go to but have never been. Sounds lovely. So it's it's starting. High yacht season— is upon us. As always, I'll be watching the space As very will closely. I. Jam Session will be bringing you the updates. We have another Europe-adjacent topic to discuss. I didn't mean to bring Brexit into this, but, <laughs> you know, here we are. It's 2019. <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. So, as I mentioned, Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, was a guest editor of the September issue of British Vogue. So I'm a little, and I don't follow the royals as closely as you do. I mean, you listen to this podcast, which means that you I do. definitely follow the royals more closely than most people, just so you know. I'm just a little bit confused why this is so controversial. Will you explain the controversy? Can you summarize that for people? So basically, from my reading, it sounds like she met with the editor-in-chief of the British Vogue mm-hmm. after the meeting— she texted him to ask him if she could be a guest editor on the September issue. And, of course, the September issue is like, is that this? does that apply in the U.K.? Is it as important as it is in the U.S.? I believe so. I think primarily just because they're owned by the same company. Yeah, and so, so basically the, the most important issue of the year. Yes. And he said yes because you're not going to tell the Duchess of Sussex no. Also because that is a great way to make money for our magazine. Of course. Yeah. And then the controversy is that various loudmouth British people are angry. So why are they so angry? Well, part of it is just because that's what happens when you're a celebrity. And they're, I mean, you know, it's like there are Twitter commenters. And I think the British tabloids have a really unique and vicious culture of being rude to everybody. And they clearly have, they have also, the British tabloids have been really unfair to Meghan Markle for this past year and a half. Right. I think... If we could summarize the complaints besides, you know, basic racism and xenophobia, (laughs) I think that they would just be that. I I have no idea. I don't know. They're mad because this is a fancy thing. And there have been more reports that Harry and Meghan are like asking people not to talk to them. Right. On their Windsor estate. And, you know, there was the thing we talked about, about how she didn't want anyone to sit next to her or take pictures at Wimbledon. And so there's the—and they, like, wouldn't release the godparents' name, which who could care? But I think that there is this image that they are both demanding a lot of privacy and then also asking for attention on on their terms as opposed to being kind of public servants, which is— sort of what the royal family is supposed to be. I mean, they definitely are paid for by the taxpayers. So I think some of that is definitely happening. At the same time, it does also seem like they are not really, they have not figured out what their public role should be yet. Right. 
Because they're they are asking for a lot of privacy and special treatment, while also asking for attention on their own terms. And you know, we talk about that all the time. You, it's part of the bargain. Yeah, and I think that's something where, as far as celebrities go, like it's something we're starting to get more used to with people in the public eye having more direct control over what they give the media and Mm -hmm. where people pay attention to them and where they don't. Yes. And that's probably a style that Megan adopted in the U.S. and is bringing over to the U.K. and in a position as someone who is sort of a public servant in some way. Right. Doesn't sit well with. I mean, that's that's the clash. It's like they're— the taxpayers played for their $3 million home. And so people really feel that they get to have expectations and also get to comment about people's lives, even beyond what we normally do as, you know, people who follow celebrity. And again, this is a podcast where we do this literally all day long. So I think that's the tension. Yeah. Which is just to explain it, not to endorse it at all. Right. You know, they definitely could probably hire a press secretary who is has a little bit more understanding of the new nuances that you were just yeah, talking they about. Have to th- you have to think that they would. They're, it's not very consistent managing no. messaging. They no. aren't managing it as, as well as possible because you don't get to be both like the Duchess of Sussex, which is her title and how she's referred to throughout the magazine, and then also just posting on Instagram when you feel like it. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the role of a guest editor? Yes, let's talk about that. So, you know, this is a trick that magazines and not, I shouldn't say trick, but a feature that magazines and a lot of different publications have do from time to time where you have like a celebrity guest editor. And it really can range the gamut from the person just being like, yes, you can say I was the guest editor and I'll do some photos to you know, are they actually line editing? Which, by the way, is when you sit with it. I'm starting to use editor lingo, and no one knows or cares what that is. But line editing is like when you actually, someone hands you a block of text and you're, you know, changing words and making sure that things are grammatically correct and that the sentence sounds right. And I would be surprised if it were that level of involvement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is a, there's the type of editing where you come up with ideas and who should do them and how you want to present stuff. And then there's, like, the actually making sure it all happens and fits in the magazine and the there's logistical aspect. Right. I think she was probably more involved in the creative side. I would imagine. But it sounds like she helped pick a, a lot of people who were featured in this issue. Michelle Obama being one of them, right? Yeah, and we should say she wrote both an editor's letter and an intro into to the Q&A that she did with Michelle Obama. And I think that Meghan Markle is an excellent writer. Hmm. I was really surprised by it. And, you know, normally I think in my position I would say someone wrote this for her, but she did blog for a long time before she was kind of swept up in the royal right, way right. of life. And she was a very clear and communicative writer even then. And I think that it's so conversational and personalized that I actually do believe she's at least writing a good portion of this. I'm sure that she had an excellent editor helping her, but I, I think she's a good writer. Uh, I was impressed with both of them. And... I thought it it was interesting, even in the Michelle Obama Q&A, she kind of explains that she decided to do it via email because Michelle Obama's busy. And then but she talks about the process and is like, you know, if she had this much time, I would have done it in person. And I want you to understand this situation in which you're reading this, which is unusually candid. And I just thought it was interesting that Meghan Markle is engaged enough with the process to be explaining that. You know, it it may be that British Vogue has a policy where you have to disclose that an interview is conducted that way, which, you know, we we have standards that are similar. But, like, I think she is actually somewhat engaged in this process, which is more than you can say for a usual guest editor. There's another aspect of this, which is that she had uh, Prince Harry interview Jane Goodall, (laughs) which is fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. And, listen, I think Prince Harry is extremely charming and affable and aside from the Nazi costume incident seems to have he's done some you know, growing good sense exactly and i've never really thought of him as like an academic intellect so i read this q and a as if like his wife 
Meghan Markle had coached him through the questions. <laughs> Sent him a list how, of questions the, to ask Jane Goodall. And then practiced it with him so that he would have a, you know, and obviously he works with people a lot and has yeah, he's conversations. He's not, of course, but it's, it's fascinating and really charming. And I can just like see them kind of practicing in their home. And I was, that affected me. That's nice. I thought it was very sweet. So, you know, I think the actual product is sort of interesting as a snapshot into them and what they're interested in. I feel like the rollout probably could have been a bit better. There is one thing I want to talk about. The cover. The cover. So the cover is, what do we call that? Like patchwork? What is it called when there are just like 12 different little squares? I would, uh, Juliet, this is the second time where I've just <laughs> needed Juliet here to describe basic design things that I know nothing about. Juliet, I need you. Is It's just like it's a tile. Yeah, it's yeah, tiled. It's tiled. Okay, it's tiled. So that all of the cover subjects can be on the cover simultaneously. Right. Which, frankly, aesthetically, I find really confusing because what is the point of a cover except to, to be one image yeah. that grabs your attention? And makes you want to know more. And this is a lot to look at. Yeah, it kind of just looks like you're looking at an Instagram profile. Exactly. But, you know, it's it's nice to include a lot of people, and that clearly is the spirit of the issue, so that's fine. Kaya, there's one panel, one tile I'd like to talk about. <laughs> I didn't even realize at first that it is what it's supposed to be. I just thought, it. I don't know what I thought it was, but it's supposed to be a mirror. Right. Which, so the theme obviously is inclusion and forces of change and the mirror is supposed to represent that you yourself can be the, a force of change right i th- i just think this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen not ever <laughs> and there are so many more dumb things that happen all the time but i just i really my reaction is that this is really dumb while i do believe that you kaya and you the listener are also a force of change which i am saying sarcastically but i actually do believe it because i have feelings too but putting a dumb like mirror that number one doesn't scan as a mirror in no, the image, it doesn't. so you don't know what it exactly. is. It just looks like a weird flash of light. It looks like they like screwed up and forgot a picture. Right. I, I think it's so hokey. It is. Yeah. It's like a after school special. I mean, you yourself pointed out that this was a plot line on the bold it type. It was literally on the season three on bold type. Which, like, I love the when, bold Which type. is so unrealistic that they put together an entire print issue in 17 hours, including multiple <laughs> photo shoots. And then the, at the cover, they just did, like, a... Uh, they did this. They, they did yeah. it. But, but you know what? It looked better on the bold type because they just did, like, a lovely color and then you could social media yourself into it, which is how you should do this. That Yeah, and it's like, I love the bold type, but, like... It's, you know, it's, it's very... It should not be dictating how British Vogue is being made in 2019. Absolutely not. If it was a plotline on the bold type, you can probably assume that it's already out of date. I would agree with you. Or that there's a more creative way to do it. Exactly. Yeah, so that's a tough one for me. I, I honestly can't believe that this cover made it onto newsstands. I can't believe that no one in Continent asked was like, what are you talking about? Which is probably a testament to the fact that Meghan Markle was involved and yeah. when there is a guest editor, some, you can't tell them no in the way that you can tell actual people you work with no. Yeah, I was going to say, can you tell the Duchess of Sussex no? No, I don't think so. Tricky. And you can't do it if you're going to use her name. Yeah, it's fascinating. I admire it and also think the cover does not look good. And yeah. I'm curious to see. They've been kind of rolling out the content day by day, so I think right. we'll get a lot more of it. But, you know, she has a journalism background. She was a blogger. She she went to Northwestern. Uh, That's true. So I think I would be a guest editor of British Vogue if I were asked. Of course. So, you know, there we go. Who among us us would judge? She's probably, I don't want to say she's bored, but she's used to having a job. It's so true. She wants a job. It's wild to me still that she's just... I, the thing, though, she's been on maternity leave this whole time. So Right. Which I admire her getting it done even while she was on maternity leave. And she probably has a lot of help. That's true. She does. I wish her well. Me too. Good job. Get a better publicist. De- hire a publicist. Great job editing. Hire a publicist. <laughs> That's our diagnosis. We are going to talk about some birthdays and also some mysteries. But first, a word from our sponsor. Watching a movie or a TV show is nothing without a bag of your favorite treats. And what better way to take your treats to the next level 
than with the new M&M's Hazelnut Spread Chocolate Candies. M&M's Hazelnut Spread Candies bring you a delicious combo of hazelnut spread and milk chocolate in every bite-sized piece. M&M's Hazelnut Spread is going where no hazelnut spread has gone before, right inside M&M's Chocolate Candies. If you love M&M's Chocolate Candies and you love hazelnut spread, just wait until you try these together for the first time. They've added a delicious hazelnut spread to the center of smooth M&M's milk chocolate and crunchy candy shell. Enjoy them on their own or use them to dress up your favorite treats. Just imagine them baked into cookies or sprinkled on top of your go-to ice cream flavor. Go hazelnutty and try the new M&M's hazelnut spread chocolate candies today. Now I am joined by Andrew Gretadero to talk about the two most important events of Leo season. If you don't know that it's Leo season, it is. Leos are our greatest zodiac sign, and we are celebrating them. A-Rod and J-Lo both had birthdays recently, Andrew. They sure did. And wow. Do you, do you want to explain what, how we know that A-Rod and J-Lo had birthdays? I would say this is the biggest resource of celebrity content in the last week or so has been their birthdays. It's like <laughs> you got to hand it to them. It's good to have birthdays close to each other for the purposes of content and selling yourself as a couple. I'm not sure they could have like you can't plan that, but it is really convenient, you know, because you have all the JLo stuff. We should also say milestone birthday for Jennifer Lopez. She is 50 yeah. years old. She does wow. not look it. It is a tremendous no. accomplishment. We salute her. May we all look this way at 50. We never will. We didn't even look that way at 20. That's okay. How old is A-Rod? A-Rod is, he was born in 75, so he's 44. Wow. Did you know that from being a Yankees fan? Like off the top (laughs) of your head, or did you Google that? I I have his Wikipedia page up. (laughs) You said it really confidently as if you were like, ah, yes, my friend A-Rod of the New York Yankees. just in the back of my mind. I don't know. I mean, I'm just asking. Okay. (laughs) No, no. No, we're not that close. Well, whatever. That's nice. So we know that it was Jennifer Lopez's 50th birthday because this has been documented at great length. Should we start with the party? Well, I think we need to start with, it was uh, on her actual birthday. Yes. Oh, this is right. Of course. Yes. Thank you. He posted to his Instagram, he posted a little video that's just like, it's set to Billy Joel's This Is The Time. <laughs> and is it's just like a photo slideshow of them with their kids and them kissing and just generally being in love. And he wishes happy birthday to his, quote, baby girl, which he, I've yeah. now learned is what he calls Jennifer Lopez. He says baby girl several times throughout the video. <laughs> Some yes. other questions I want to ask you. So... What is this Instagram filter editing style that's... Like, I don't know. The, the edges are doubled? This is going to come into play later in the... The aspect ratio is yeah. confusing. But then there, I, there are these like little yeah. the like margins on the side. Juliet wouldn't know how to describe this. And, I, <laughs> you know, she's the queen of, of aspect ratios and fonts and stuff. I don't know what it is, but he seems to rely on it a lot. Do you think mm-hmm. A-Rod is... I don't think he's editing, but is he giving notes on the edit? Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that much credit. He's definitely not creating this content, but he's he's probably in the editing room. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I would think so. Because he, he definitely, I, it just, I think this is nice. It's also a little corny in a way that seems, he has the nice but corny vibe going down. That is really A-Rod's kind of MO since his retirement is yeah. nice but corny. I just want to draw your attention also to the hashtag, which is happy birthday JLo, all one word, <laughs> and JLo is all capitalized. Da- I just, mean, just a dad yeah. hashtag. Really great stuff. My my dad has done one of these in the past and it did work. For so, you or for your No. Okay. No, for for his wife and, okay. it, and it did work. So you know it th- worked in the sense that thing. she enjoyed it? Yeah. Okay. I think I, this 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 is a tearjerker move. You know. I can't say that I would be mad at this. <laughs> Do you disagree? I know I don't. I actually I was like, oh, this is very charming. I found this whole A Rod celebrates J Lo's fiftieth birthday thing to be very charming, which we'll discuss. Let's part two is that night yeah. and is the party. It really turns up. I guess Fat Joe was DJing her party because they're both Bronx natives. Sure. And the video that I've seen the most of is her 
hoisting herself up on a DJ booth and like headbanging like she doesn't even have a brain to injure. Which it's the fiercest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you know who can still perform? Jennifer Lopez. Yes. She really can. Some other notes. So this was apparently the party was hosted at Gloria and Emilio Estefan's private home on Star Island in Miami. There was a, sure. there was gold and white decor. I'm reading from Harper's Bazaar. Thank you, Harper's Bazaar. There was gold and white decor, a towering multi-tiered cake, a bustling dance floor, and a star-studded guest list, including friends Ashante and DJ Khaled. Hmm. And then okay. there were fireworks. That all seems fairly normal. She was wearing a Versace dress that looks absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of dancing, which leads us to... I mean, this. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. For JLo's 50th birthday, I expect nothing less than this. This seems like yeah. the right level. It's not... Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like Leo's ridiculous birthday that he had a few years ago where every celebrity on the planet was kind of flown in. But it's also festive. She's definitely partying. They they made a big deal out of it, as they should. Jennifer Lopez turning 50, big deal. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great. I think Fat Joe's inclusion is important. It looked That's, fun. It's all very nice. I would have liked <laughs> to be there. I don't say that about every celebrity party, but I think I would have had a nice time. It did look fun. Okay. So fast forward to, I guess, the next day. Yeah, where <laughs> Alex Rodriguez takes a selfie of himself and just complains about being old and not being able to dance while also praising Jennifer Lopez's stamina as a performer. And he lists all the things that he has done or can do while not being able to dance like Jennifer Lopez for an evening. Uh, I really just, I just feel that like until five years ago or however long he's been retired, he never really like had to interact socially with anyone. Like I know that he quote unquote dated Madonna and stuff like that, but like it really just seems like he's now learning to be a social human being. That's yeah. I find so much joy in it. He it's really a tremendous transformation because he <laughs> was both a cheater and disliked. Is that correct? Oh, the most, I would say the most hated baseball player, like ma- almost ever. Even like, as a Yankee fan, you can admit that. Yeah, even, even like as a Yankee fan, it wasn't even that cool to like him. It was only cool to like him after the Yankees started to like do some kind of shady shit to get out of his contract. Mm-hmm. Then he sort of became a bit of a folk hero. But before that, it was like, no, like, he's just the guy who gets paid a lot to help us win. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of emotional ties to him. And now he's just like a great dad and boyfriend and goofy and supportive with a great house in Miami, which we'll talk more about. It's a total personality change. And Juliet and I talk a fair amount about, uh, we have some questions about the logistics of this relationship. How often are they in the same place? How much Mm, time are they actually spending together? What does it look like? for A-Rod and Jennifer Lopez, two extremely successful people, to actually be in a relationship. And it's probably not a relationship like you or I or anyone else understands it. But what they are presenting is still very, very charming. And I yeah. definitely, I like, I don't need to be a part of it because it's their relationship. <laughs> but, you know, it's like I would love to be one of the kids in the backseat. The kids seem like they're having a great time. Which brings us to... <laughs> Possibly, well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I spoiled it. Oh, Though this, oh yeah. I'm sorry, because this, but this does involve the kids because the kids were does, also yeah. on ESPN. So that was all Jennifer Lopez's birthday. And then it was Alex Rodriguez's birthday. And Alex Rodriguez did not get uh, his own Instagram video edited by Jennifer Lopez. And no. <laughs> he had a party, but it was not at Gloria Stefan's private island in Miami. And it Fat Joe was not there to my knowledge. And... He did, however, have to be on... He was on ESPN, I guess? Where yeah, does he so broadcast? He, he does Sunday Night Baseball. Okay. Um, and I believe that they were in Boston. Okay. Um, on Sunday night. And they were they were playing the Yankees. So it was a, I think it was a big deal for A-Rod. Okay. Just because he loves to talk about the Yankees. And in the middle of the broadcast, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez... And are those are his children? I believe those are his daughters, yes. His daughters come like from from behind a curtain 
and just plop a birthday cake down in front of him. And they're not mic'd up. They don't, I mean, you know, they are gesturing affectionately. By the way, Jennifer Lopez is wearing the thick glasses and just looks so great. There's no Mm -hmm. one who can make glasses better, look better than Jennifer Lopez. But yeah, they come out, they present the cake in the booth and it's sweet, but there's like no real fanfare. He, yeah, he doesn't know quite how to react. And he does say, thank you, baby girl. It should be noted. Yeah. But it seems like he's, he's like, a little worried about not talking about the baseball. Yeah. He's like, wait, this he's, is distracting he's us. He's focused on the job. Yeah. And so, also, so fast forward, he's apparently so focused on the job that he doesn't eat the cake. And then this became, <laughs> right. like, a sports media narrative, uh, which was yeah. that the cake was left behind in the press room. And then all of the the reporters, like, one by one, ate the cake and documented the eating of the cake. What an honor. I felt that people were a little rude to this cake. (laughs) People were a little dismissive of this sheet cake. And I have to tell you, there's really nothing better than a grocery store sheet cake for your birthday. This is, like, my ideal. It looks delicious. It's a yellow cake with white icing. It says happy birthday. It's true that it does not say happy birthday, <laughs> A-Rod. His name. It no. is like they definitely it's got notable. it. From the, they went to the grocery store and just picked it out of the ready-made counter. But you know yeah. what? That's okay. I still would have had some. I think it looks delicious. I think it's a nice gesture. I would just be excited to have some cake on a Sunday night when I was working late. Just my take. I agree. Okay. I would be excited to have this cake. Like, it. it's kind of a pop culturally important cake. Exactly. Okay, let's fast forward to the main event, which I I almost spoiled just now because we were doing it chronologically. (laughs) But yesterday, a video was posted on A-Rod's YouTube channel. They're really doing like birthday week, which is a concept that I personally am familiar with from inflicting it on my own friends and family. (laughs) But it's nice to know, I too am a Leo, you know? So there's a theme here. (laughs) But uh, it's... It's nice that J-Lo and A-Rod are enforcing those standards for themselves. Really J-Lo. It's really J-Lo's birthday week. Yeah. And A-Rod is all too happy to lean into that yeah. too. So here's the name of the video. All caps, my birthday surprise <laughs> for Jennifer. Which is like, you know, as someone in Slack and the Ringer Slack said, Alex Rodriguez is just a YouTube husband now, which is yeah. really true. But a- apparently... For her birthday, A-Rod decided to buy J-Lo a Porsche. And he documented this experience in a nine-minute YouTube video (laughs) that is edited with many of the same editing features as the Instagram video we were discussing. And I have to tell you, I watched all nine minutes and had a delightful time and even called my husband over at one point to watch part of it because I found it so charming. It is self-aware and yet endearing at this and. Ernest at the same time, A-Rod decides that what he needs to do is buy Jennifer Lopez a Porsche for her birthday. And then he just commits to the bit. Yeah. (laughs) He's really playing the role of of guy who buys a car and then is very worried about the car. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, they say within the first minute, even he is aware that she has not driven a car in 25 years. That which, this is like the, which is incredible. And you know the, what? The richest thing I've ever heard. I like that they're being honest about it. Other yes, people yeah, would sure. lie. Of course Jennifer Lopez hasn't driven right. a car in 25 years. If I were Jennifer Lopez, I hope that I had not driven a car in 25 years. But, I, you know, I like that they're just honest about it and they lean into the fact that she has not driven, but he's going to do it anyway. So then they purchase the car and get some sort of specialized design, whatever. And then there's a whole rehearsal for the presentation that they film Uh, as well. How did you feel about his his plan to to get a blindfold on her? I mean— Kind of half-baked. Half-baked. It wasn't the best one. I feel like she must have been prepared— Ahead I mean, of there's time. cameras everywhere. Yeah, I, I think that A-Rod is smart enough to know that he cannot put Jennifer Lopez on camera without some sort of heads up. Yeah. So I think that that was at least, that part isn't the most natural. But everything else, it's clear that she doesn't know what's totally happening and is a little freaked out, which I find to be sweet. It's mm-hmm. also clear that, like, you know, they rehearsed the kids driving the car up and A-Rod has a nice moment of being like nervous dad about it. But yeah. then it's clear that in the moment, the plan isn't going as like, 
exactly how they rehearsed it. And so he's kind of like, he's like waving the people on and trying to like direct the presentation while they're filming, which I just thought was great. If we're going to do this, let's lean into it, you know? I mean, he's just, he's such a goober. Like, it's incredible. And then He's the, such a dad. They're literally playing in the in the club by 50 Cent when <laughs> the car drives up, when the teenagers drive the car up. It's so great. And then they film Jennifer Lopez actually driving the car and yelling, I haven't driven in 25 years, like five times. I think she Her, just like... <laughs> Her reversing and him being like, okay, well, all right, calm down. Wait a second. <laughs> like, it's so and funny. And she's like, I know drive Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really really good and then they just do two minutes of her just driving around their lovely Miami neighborhood it looks very beautiful <laughs> yeah. and she the also, driving portion does take so it long it takes so long it's extensive but she also says a nice thing which is like you gave me my independence back which I don't know Aww. if that was scripted but that's a very nice thought I thought that that and it was like that was the real like earnest thoughtful moment in this otherwise kind of goofy thing but it made me like them. It made me believe in the it, the spirit of this gift beyond it just being great YouTube content. I mean, that's the thing about them. Like whether whether or not it's contrived, like they they are having HD cameras all around them, like constantly, and she's bombarding ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. But like, it does have a level of earnestness to it, and they both feel like they are really good for each other in a way that's really sweet. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I even when I try to get cynical and I'm like, well, they're also good for each other's businesses and it has been yeah. such an image rehabilitation for A-Rod, but they're also two people who work a lot. I don't know. When you're a celebrity, the line seems a bit more blurred and they seem to genuinely enjoy being around each other and they're making it work. And, Definitely. you know, it's some of it's staged. <laughs> so is life. So is this podcast. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. I'm glad they had nice birthdays. And also yeah. just, it makes me so excited for their wedding and for the content that we're going to get. Can oh you imagine? God. What is the video it, that's going to come out He's literally going to produce a documentary for Netflix about his own wedding. And I will watch the whole thing. I will, I will too. I can't wait. Good, I hope right. that they are giving them as much money as they need. All right. Well, I, when that happens, Andrew, please come back. And will. we will, will. do a director's commentary for a film we did not direct about <laughs> their wedding. And until then, thank you, Andrew. Happy birthday to J-Lo and A-Rod. Happy birthday, J-Rod. It's time for a mystery bag! Yay! We said we were going to start this without me yelling and work towards me yelling, but I'm already yelling. We're that's starting because, at 100. That's because I love mystery bag. Today, I am joined by Kate Hallowell. Hello. Who is here to present her topics. I am. I don't know what they are. You do not. You did this on kind of short notice, which I'd like to thank you for. But I think that you just have such a reservoir of pop culture knowledge. You know, I have a reservoir that overlaps with your reservoir. Yes. That doesn't overlap with some of my, like, tea time co-hosts. Oh, great. Which is why I'm excited to do this. That's such a nice way of saying the old people interests. We appreciate you here on Jam (laughs) Session. Everyone over the age of 21. I get made fun of for my interests uh, on tea time quite a bit. I try to talk about things like Little Women. Or Downton Abbey. Welcome to the safe space. I know. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay. Um, So, again, yeah, this was slightly short notice. I tried to come up with some topics that I know we have a shared interest in. That's so generous. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It limited the amount of research that I had to do. Great point. um, Which was part of the process. Efficiency, I also respect. For sure. So, topic number one. Topic number one. Hobbs and Shaw is coming out this week. Yes. My main interest in it is Vanessa Kirby. I love Vanessa Kirby, as you know. I also love Vanessa Kirby. And I want to talk to you about Vanessa Kirby versus Claire Foy in terms of their post-crown wow. I know careers. They, oh, that's oh, in terms of their post-careers. Yes. I thought you were gonna make me decide between them on the crown. You can which also is do really that. upsetting. So just in case you listened this far into a jam session episode and somehow have not seen the crown and don't know who Claire oh Foy God. and Vanessa Kirby are, which is like, I the appreciate you. Is I zero. appreciate you. And I'm also, <laughs> I have some questions. Yes. And I also think Why that you, you should here? watch the crown. Yes. So Claire Foy was the star of the first two seasons of the crown. She played Queen Elizabeth. Vanessa Kirby played Princess Margaret on the first two seasons of the crown. And that was basically Vanessa Kirby's breakout role. Yes. Right? Yes. And she has since gone on to Star in a lot of things. Off the top of my head, I remember that she was in Mission Impossible Fallout. She was. She played 
one of the villains. Yes, called the White Widow. Yes, she did wear all white. I'm on her IMDb page. I did not pull that off off the top of my head. she'll also be in Hobbs and Shaw, which I am seeing but have not seen yet. Yes. And a similar like action-y type role. Yeah. Tell me what else she's Um, doing. Okay, so she kind of is leaning towards the action movies, Mm -hmm. which having seen The Crown, people maybe would not originally think that that was her it's a shift, Forte, for sure. I mean, she sure. does ride a motorcycle in season two of The Crown she, with Matthew true. Good. That's so, you does. know, I don't know whether it was her stunt oh, double, but... I remember it fondly. That's the most action that happens in The Crown. It's true. Um, okay, so she's in the big... I think the big thing that people were talking about is she's going to be in a sci-fi movie called Star Dream. Okay, directed by... Directed by Bjorn... I'm going to pronounce his name right. Bjorn Runge? Okay. I don't know. I saw a lot of headlines about this. People okay. were like, Vanessa Kirby in space. I'm in. Which seemed like sure something that I was in. I, I don't like know. She's movies. some. She's, I don't know. Like, the future of the human race apparently rests on Vanessa Kirby's shoulders okay. in this movie. Great. She's doing The World to Come uh, with, looks like Catherine Watterson and Casey Affleck. Okay. You know, depending on how you... I remember when Catherine Watterson was, like, going to be a big thing and then did nothing. I think to a lot of people, she still is. I mean, she's in those Harry Potter movies. That's true. I... Yeah, okay. We I, can move know, on from that. Those make a lot of money. They do. The last one was quite bad. Anyway. What is it with you? <laughs> this is... I like I like that you brought the grown-up <laughs> topics to the grown-up table, but also every time we sit here and I'm just like, well, that made a lot of money. And you're like, I don't care. You know what, Kate? Never it sell out. So Never bad. sell it out. So it's bad. great and inspiring to see you not oh, care about these issues. Thank you. Never sell out. Or thank sell you. out when you're ready, because I actually don't judge you if you sell out. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and then Hobson Todd, and then she's in, quote, Untitled Adam Leon project, and also I just feel like is on the up and up. Okay, you know, I you know I think Mission Impossible Fallout and Hobbs and Shaw and having three other projects in the kind of in the mix is a great place to be in right. as a young actress. I that think means the big. I think the big comparison here is like she hasn't had a big failure yet, whereas Claire Foy. I don't even. Please don't say this about. <laughs> I, well, Girl of the Spider's Web was a failure. It was That's a failure. A great point. It was. You liked First Man, right? I did like First Man, and I like it even more and more as time right. goes it's on. Aged not as well. not as much as all the boys do, you right? Know? But it was a um, bunch of boys. <laughs> they are like that's literally <laughs> that's a great reference. Thank we you. had before the season finale of Big Little Live, uh-huh. which was right after the season finale of Big Little Lies. Uh-huh. Uh, HBO showed First Man, and so when we were in the studio waiting for the finale to start to do our show, First Man was just on, like, the giant screen in our uh, the Ringer studio. <laughs> Did you get really hyped to First and, Man? Yeah, I, I got really hyped because people, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys on the video team also really like it. And so yeah. we had it on, and I just was heckling everyone whenever Claire Foy was on, just being like, this is the greatest actress of our generation. Please watch. And then I believe it was Amelia, your Tea Time co-host, who uh-huh. was like, I can't tell the difference between Claire Foy and Amelia Clark. Wow. And I That's offensive. I, you know what? I love Amelia, and I think she is a great contributor to The Ringer, so I did not ban her from the stage. <laughs> That's not really how I See, roll. See, this is what I mean. This is why yeah, I brought but these I was topics basically to like, you. I was like, Amelia, I'm going to need you to go sit with your Google image and study, <laughs> or else I will have to ban you. I don't want to. That's offensive. It doesn't bring me pleasure. Right. But you so got to do what you I do. I do love Claire Foy. I mean, I do think it's a little bit... They're different phases in their careers. For sure. Right? Because Claire Foy has been around for a while and mm-hmm. has been in basically— Has she been around that long, though? I honestly she think was she was like Anne Boleyn Wolf in, like, Hall. 2008. Okay, number one— That doesn't count as around. That was very successful and is a great adaptation of a great novel that have, that you should read if you when you have the time and the concentration. All right. But, I mean, she was definitely—she was in Wolf Hall. That was high profile. How about that? Okay. Was she it? was also— <sighs> Tom Holland was also in Wolf Hall. Nobody's like, oh, that's the guy from Wolf Hall. Right. Nobody's well, like, she Claire was, Foy, the girl was Tom from Holland Wolf playing Hall. in Wolf Hall? I don't know. Well, she was playing Anne Boleyn. Have you heard of her? <laughs> I have. Okay. But I had Is not heard like of difference? Claire Foy until the crowd. Okay. Well, that's fine. She was also like in Little Dorrit. That was her breakthrough, which again is like a BBC add up, you know, or um, if it's not BBC, it's like I mean, ITV. wasn't Vanessa Kirby in The Hours? I saw her in that before I saw, wasn't she? Yeah. She was in Jupiter Ascending. I mean, I don't really think that you can count Jupiter Ascending as uh, evidence of success. Anyway, what I'm saying is Claire Foy was around, and then she also just really capitalized on the crown really quickly. That's true. So she had a Soderbergh movie, which I don't think was Mm -hmm. particularly celebrated, but 
it, like, it was like a lead. Yeah. Doing a Steven Soderbergh movie is right. kind of like an established actress yeah. cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then she obviously did First Man, which did not get the respect it deserved in its time. And I still am kind of bummed she didn't get a supporting actress nomination because she's fantastic in that. And she did Girl in the Spider as well, which is a big swing that did not work. It did not work. And I kind of had, I love the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie. And I love Claire Foy. And I was like, this will work. Yeah. I read the book. I was ready. And it was quite bad. I don't know that it was her fault. It was not her fault, but also like she wasn't It doesn't, good I, in it. the rule doesn't make sense for her because no. she is, her power is in emotional expression. Right. And, with, and you know, she, she's often not talking when... She's doing that, but this the girl in the spider web yeah. dragon tattoo character is not emotion is not on the forefront. Anyway. Right, for sure. That's like She's, part of the character. Exactly. Yeah. So I think probably I I don't know. I, I love Claire Foy. I think Claire Foy is a tremendous actress. I think choice wise, I have had fun going to Vanessa Kirby movies. Right. But I, she's not building like a career that at this point. I'll look back on in 50 years and be like, oh, wow, the legendary actress Vanessa Kirby. I'll just be like, oh, Vanessa Kirby, love her. There's a difference. Do you think she's, like, going to be a— Like, looking for— I think she's being very smart. The next three years, Claire Foy has one project where she plays the wife of Benedict Cumberbatch in a biopic. Yeah, I don't understand about this one except that she agreed to do do a movie with Benedict (laughs) Cumberbatch. She also did one of these with Andrew Garfield, right? Breathe, yeah. Yeah, that she's one, the that's wife in a lot weird. of these movies. I, stop she playing needs, the wife, Claire Foy. Stop playing the wife. Yeah. Whereas Vanessa Kirby is like on a motorcycle in every other movie. We're like, I'm leaning that's Vanessa true. Kirby. I'm, I'm curious. In the, I think they're both doing great. Yes. Do, we can what have is, both. What does Vanessa Kirby do beyond these action movies? Right. Does she need to do anything else, though? No, but that's like one type of career. I think it's a great right. type of career. Yeah. I think also Claire Foy will probably get more chances because she's a good enough actress. Here's Okay, here's another question. Yeah. If Vanessa Kirby did The Girl on the Spider's Web, does it do better or worse? I don't think it does any better. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't just think, think that— I don't think there's I, any winning with that. I, those movies are really upsetting. Yeah. And the story— I like the books, the, actually. Do you? And I'm I found bummed them about. so screwed up. They're not great. They're not well-written, but yeah. I like them. Okay, I just learned a lot about open face sandwiches in them. <laughs> you know, like three it's basically like my sandwich. understanding of Scandinavia <laughs> is just that people eat open face sandwiches they do. all the time. That's they all do. I know. Yeah, I here's my to answer your question. I don't want to choose. Okay, I think they're both making. Well, I think Vanessa Kirby's making better choices. Mm-hmm. I think they're both talented. Yes, I, and I think honestly, having been a part of. The Crown. Mm-hmm. At the moment, they're a part of the Crown because this is the genius, right? They only did two seasons, and in the next season will be Olivia Coleman and Helena Bonham Carter, which is amazing by association, right? If you're handing off your role to Oscar-winning actress Olivia Coleman, and has Helena Bonham Carter won an Oscar? I don't think so. I don't I think, think so either. Nominated. Yeah, but t- and to Helena Bonham Carter, right. th- just by association, you're on another level. Totally. But also, you're a part of the show when it's great and a sensation. Right. right. They- they're getting out before it goes. No down matter hill. where it goes from here, they're they're exactly. Yeah. And I think especially that TV moment at that time, they have some capital to spend. Totally. So I feel great about both of them. Please watch The Crown. Please release The Crown. Oh my God! Release if you work at Netflix, the crown. release The Crown. <laughs> oh release God. The Crown. We're dying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> item number two. Item number two. We're going to social media. Okay. But we're still talking about actors and actresses. Great. And whether we think they're successful or not. Oh, okay. I want to talk about Glenn Powell. Can we talk Let's about Glenn talk Powell? about Glenn Powell. I really haven't had the conversation that I needed to have about Glenn Powell post-Top Gun trailer. I'm so glad we can have that now. Can I ask you a question? Please. Have you seen the film Top Gun? I have multiple Good. times. Really? Yes. Because I really felt when the the top is it Top Gun Maverick? Is that the it's name ma- of yes, the new trailer? It is of this new movie. Correct. When the Top Gun Maverick trailer was released, it was uh-huh. a really important moment in the Ringer office. It was. But I Same really is the Cats trailer. Uh, quite that's a day. true. <laughs> but I really I felt I often feel the generational rift at the mm. Ringer, but it was like very clear. Yes. Because I was just running around being like I'm like cursing with excitement. Yes. And there are a lot of people who I respect who have, you know, just kind of missed that. Yeah. Kaya, have you seen Top Gun? No. And yeah. I've already been shamed for it on another podcast. So. <laughs> I, this isn't a place for shame. I mean, the, ori- space. the original Top Gun came out in 1986. I was two years old. Mm. Okay. 
So listen, I had to, you know, everybody has to catch up in their right. own time. Top Gun is really good. And you good. haven't caught up yet. It's great. It's I really recommend yet. it. Yeah. Okay. It's on my list, I promise. Great. That's just before the, the movie's not coming out for yeah. a year. You Plenty of time. So you have seen Top Gun. I have seen Top Gun. Great. And you want to talk about Glenn Powell. I do want to talk about Glenn Powell. Yes. Okay, so love Glenn Powell. Loved Glenn Powell way before Set It Up. And to be clear, Glenn Powell is in Top Gun Maverick. He plays, I believe, like the new Iceman, like the new... He's the... Antagonist. Yes, he's the new villain, so we're told. And there's a great story, a behind-the-scenes story about this, is that he was up for the role, basically, of Maverick Jr. Right. And didn't get well, it. it's Goose Jr., right? Oh, that's right. It's yeah, Goose Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... He didn't get it and lost it to Miles Teller. He lost Tough. it to Miles Teller, which Tough. makes sense. But he also, Andrew Godadero, who is also on this episode, right. was uh, wrote a lovely profile he of did. Glenn Powell. They played bocce together uh, on a rooftop bar. It was fabulous. And this was right around the time when Glenn Powell lost the role. Uh-huh. So you can kind you can kind of get that flavor from reading Andrew's piece. And then he was he was so great, regardless, that they made up a role for him. And now he stars in the trailer. And frankly, he's in the trailer a lot more than Miles he's Teller. He's in the trailer way— He's shirtless in the trailer. Miles Teller is, like, in one split second in sunglasses, and you can't even tell it's him. Yeah. Also, recently we talked about this on Tea Time. On July 3rd, Glenn Powell posted a very— What this, I want to talk about is Glenn Powell's Instagram. Instagram. It, this, is a, this is one of the most this, extraordinary Instagram he, updates. It's, I knew you were steering it's here. It's baffling, and it's incredible. He posted this, like, novel, essentially. It's a picture of him on his deck— Talking about how on July 3rd, 2018, he found out that he wasn't going to be in Top Gun Maverick. He's wearing a, a American flag shirt, talking about how patriotic he is. I, I will say, I sent this Instagram to Andrew like pretty immediately. Uh-huh. And he was like, it is true that Glenn loves to wear American flag he paraphernalia. Does. See, this so is this is representative. Of, right. This is actually kind of part of my, my multi-tiered question. But basically, he's talking about how sad he was to miss the role. I, can, I, can we read it? Yeah, we really must, actually. So this is a picture of me getting that call. It's yes. literally what it says. Yes. Even though I'm the most patriotic person most folks have ever met, parentheses, as you can see, I was wearing an American flag tank top and aviators at home because, you know, it was a Monday. And even though 4th of July is my favorite holiday, I spent it last year in the fetal position, far away from Roman candles, a grill, and barely able to whisper the words freedom without crying. Unbelievable. So, obviously, freedom is one word, just to start. We'll just start there. Uh, barely able to whisper the words freedom without crying. Uh, uh, far away from Roman candles, a grill is honestly poetry. He, yes. This is, he's like a parody of himself, but he doesn't know? Or do you think he knows? I think he knows. I think this is like a a, a joke, but also like truer than we realize. There's a joke embedded in what yes. I just read, which yes. is making fun of himself right. wearing the American flag tank top and aviators because yes. it's a Monday. But that is very much his brand. That suggests self-awareness. Right. And also, he's only posting this after the fact when he gets to talk about how they, yes. now he's in the movie and yes. it's a happy thing. So I think that he is definitely goofy. He's extremely goofy. But also is aware of what's going on. Right. I think, first of all, I think his Instagram is a work of art, and I think it's been a work of art for literal years. I've been a fan of his since Everybody Wants Some. Yeah, how could you not? He's just the breakout in that movie. Just fabulous. It's really astonishing. I, I actually didn't initially see Everybody Wants Some because Sean Fantasy and Chris Ryan came back, and they were like, it's really good, but it's kind of a boy movie, and we don't think it'll be for you. And then, well, they don't understand the different layers of boy movies, oh, you know? Oh, come on, yeah. And then I went to see it, and I was like, this is for me because I met someone named Glenn Powell. Right, yes. exactly. Tyler Hecklin's, like, shirtless chopping baseballs in half. They were exactly. like, no, this isn't for you. Come exactly. On. It's like they don't know us at all. Anyway, so I became a fan of Glenn Powell. Followed him on Instagram, like, like right after that, through, like, the Hidden Figures Oscar campaign. Oh, yeah. Through it all, through the Set It Up promo, everything. And he is the goofiest person. His family, first of all, they all look exactly like him and they're in like half of his Instagram posts. Very charming. His parents, he has, I say this in the, the best way, um, and also Glenn Powell, friend of The Ringer, tweeted at The Ringer like a couple weeks ago. That's I really true. hope he doesn't listen to any podcasts other than The Rewatchables. But just in case he does, I mean this in the best way. He has kind of like a rabbit smile. Like a very charming rabbit the, smile. The the teeth are it's there. It's a teeth forward smile. It is, and his family all has the exact same smile, and it's the most charming thing. It's when very you cute. see them all doing also it. Also, great in a dental line. work. 
You oh, know, great dental I wish work. I'd had my teeth, done, the caps or whatever is happening yes. here. Maybe it's natural. Who can say? It's just not natural for me. Oh, also in the uh, Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. You know what? A that film that a, we both saw. That, I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. It Our worked. mutual boyfriend, I can't pronounce his name. Michelle Wiesman. Michelle Wiesman. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. That was yeah. what I was going to go with, essentially. Who did he play on Game of Thrones? Uh, Dario. What happened Dario to Dario number two? What happened to Dario number um, two on the last he season? He got friend zoned and he got stuck in, like, I think it was like Essos. He's like the Tom of, and, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Tom from Big and Little Lies. And she sailed away without him with Jon Snow. Did they say goodbye? Yeah. She was like, I'm leaving you here and I'm going with Jon Snow. And he was like, okay. I missed that. Yeah. It's a tough break. Yeah. Uh, that movie, the literary potato peel, whatever. I think I said the title right on the first try, which is well, incredible. I didn't. It has potato <laughs> peels, and ever. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Gun Powell. Love him. I think he's delightful. I he do, too. Has the, he, ha- he has charisma. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what you can yes. see and set it up, which is useful in movie star settings. Yes. And there a lot of people seem uncomfortable in front of the camera. I feel like this goofiness and the Instagram right. like jokes and whatnot are at least signal some sort of comfort with being in front of people. Yeah. Which you don't always need. You can be the kind of actor that like disappears into your role or whatever. But we don't care about that here on Jam Session. Right. We like people <laughs> who are charming. And Glenn Powell like fits into that. And I yes. feel like the Instagram's part of it. Right. And I think part of it too is like he doesn't try too hard. Yeah. He tries just hard enough to be like, yes. I know how hard I'm trying yes. and I'm going to do it anyway and it's going to be funny and endearing and charming. Yes. It's um, great. Which is a tough line, I think, to straddle. And I look forward to seeing him continue that as his I agree. star grows. Keep it up, Glenn Powell. Yes. Watch Top Gun if you haven't. Watch okay. Set It Up if you haven't. Eh. Why the slander? It's delightful. I don't love Set It Up. What do you want from— You made me watch it twice to blog about it before everyone was well, a fan yes, of it. Well, yes, that's what happens at The Ringer. That's what we call a job is that, oh, God, I made you watch a rom-com twice. Also, what do you want from it's watching things at home? It's fine. Okay. Well, Glenn Powell, great. Glenn Set Powell, it up, fine. great. Set it up. I enjoyed it. All right. We'll agree to disagree on okay. that. But we'll agree on Glenn Powell. Item number three. Item number three. Okay. Also, this started with a celebrity Instagram. Then I did some research— and then there were multiple tiers of discovery to this. I hope this isn't about Jake Gyllenhaal's cat. It's not. I know you've already covered that. <laughs> this is about Michael Fassbender's Instagram. Michael Fassbender has an Instagram? Yes. That is the first tier of discovery. All right. I'm Googling this right now. This Michael is Fassbender fascinating just for the people joined Instagram. Okay. To he, promote what? Well, I'm so glad you asked. On May 20th, he posted a picture of himself in a hat with a beard. Looks great. And it says, focus. Okay. Can you help your your listeners with the actual handle? Because I can't find it's it. It's michael.fastbender Why? is the Instagram oh. handle. Okay. He only has 42,000 followers. He just joined and this there was so not much promo to it. Okay. Um, but it is all promo. It is a sponsored Instagram, as we have discovered, because it's sponsored by Porsche. Oh, Because no. Michael Fassbender is a competitive race car driver now. Can I tell you a story? Oh, I would love to. I, I'm feeling like it's probably in line with what I discovered during the research. Do you know of this? this? Well, it's a personal story. Do um, you know about this? I think so. But okay. Let's see if it's the same story. Um, my husband uh-huh. is a writer for GQ, uh-huh. which I believe I have mentioned before. Uh huh. And uh, he profiled Michael Fassbender. He and sure did. I found the profile while yes, I was doing this and they, research. And they went race car. They went on yeah. a race car track. I read and he the whole rode thing. with Michael Fassbender in the race car, yeah. as I as I recall. He did. And Michael Fassbender was like, <laughs> I, I mean, my husband's alive, and so right. is Michael Fassbender. So I guess that works in terms of race car driving. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was reading this profile. It's from 2013. I was mm-hmm. literally taking notes. Oh my God, I was copying I, quotes. I remember that. Literally, in, like two hours ago. And I scrolled to see who the author was, and I was like, Oh, my God. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I was like, this is Mr. Amanda Dobbins. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. on a podcast. Let's, try never, to, let's not say his name the entire podcast so that he'll be, really, he'll be as mad as possible. Um, yeah. Yes, that did happen. Uh-huh. I think that he that thought— was That was, like, the beginning of Michael Fassbender's racing of. career. Oh, was that when the racing so, career started? Well, Michael Fassbender went on Top Gear in 2012. Okay. That was the only thing I could find— before this profile that, like, really was legit. And in the profile, Michael Fassbender's like, oh, I don't understand the gears. Oh, I love to do this for fun. Right. That was, like, the beginning of it. It, it was definitely, they were in, I guess, like, Montreal or something. Yes. Filming X-Men. 
Yeah, because James McAvoy was there too. Yes, and there's a and very, he walks yeah. in and he's like, "I thought I had the wrong X man." I right. really did read the whole profile. Yeah, like an that's hour ago. great. I, I'm, as you say this, it's coming it's back great. to me. I, I just can't recommend it. I can't believe that was 2013 because I remember like dropping him off at the airport and that was six years ago and I'm just aging so quickly. <laughs> like that's like honestly like my reaction right now is just like time is real. <laughs> yeah, but it seemed like something they did for fun because you right. know the celebrity profiles that you try to get do like an activity. You, you want to do an activity because you want to get someone, like, in the world instead of just sitting at a table saying mm. the same stuff to you. But also, if they suggest, like, an activity that they're interested in, they'll be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think he suggested it for that reason. But I didn't know that he's turned it into, like, a professional career. He, like, is racing more than he's acting now. So is he—he's actually— He's doing it. Okay, a competitive so in, racer. Yes. It's not just like he's like a sponsor actually, for Porsche. Yes. So in 2017, he started racing for Ferrari. He started training like seriously to do this in 2016. Michael Fassbender is so weird. He's so weird. There was a whole like THR profile about like his professional racing career for Ferrari in the Daytona Ferrari Challenge. This I'm I know that. Europeans and British people are like way more interested into in car racing. Uh-huh. I shouldn't say that. Like NASCAR is real. Yeah. Like a lot of people in America in are a different as well. way. But it is, you it's know, different. there's the Monaco Grand Prix right. and there is a a serious element to race car driving as a sport that is more you know kind of universally yeah. watched in in Europe. Yeah. So I guess that makes some sense. But it's weird. Yeah. So he literally is, he's living right now, he's living in Lisbon with Alicia Vikander. Incredible. Apparently Lisbon is like a place for celebrities now. Scarlett Johansson lives there. Madonna lives there. It's like a new celeb oh, that's town. Right. Though didn't Madonna say she basically didn't like Lisbon? I don't know. I just thought I she lived like there. I feel like I read in the New York Times Magazine profile of her. Well, maybe it's like, on it was way hard to get already. to. Um, no, I mean, I don't think it is. It's still like the Instagram vacation of choice, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, he lives there with Alicia Vikander, and he's literally like racing instead of acting. He's done, well, he did just a Dark Phoenix, but he has like one other project right now. That and is so he has this new Porsche marketing campaign where he's literally like training for Porsche now, and he's sponsored by Porsche, and they're sponsoring his racing career. So his second ever Instagram was a picture of him in a racing helmet. And it says, ready for qualifying. Because apparently he's qualifying for something. I, I'm i flabbergasted by this. I can't believe I didn't know this. I, and I was just Googling, like, are we sure he's not in Ford versus Ferrari, which is like the race right. car uh, biopic that's no, coming out this No, he's doing, like, fall. the real-life version. I mean, I guess everyone's got to diversify, even movie yeah. actors. Jeremy Renner is starting a music that's career, true. and Michael Fassbender is, is race car driving. That's, compared to Jeremy Renner, Michael Fassbender's doing great. It's definitely cooler <laughs> than the Jeep commercials yeah. that we had to talk about. That This is so interesting to me. Yeah. You can tell Zach that he started it all. I will. Yeah. I wonder. I, he definitely has no idea. GQ should, like, research that piece. That, that's also some great social. If anyone Instagram. is listening this far of the podcast, free social media <laughs> advice from us here at the Ringer. That is fascinating. Do you think that it's like he's going to go pro? I think he's like going pro. I that can't be. I it, mean, what is that? He raced in the Daytona Ferrari, whatever. He's like won races. I was going to write down like all the things he's won, and then I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm looking at his Instagram account now. It's incredible. It's there his, are two posts, and one of them is just him in a dumb hat, and yeah. the other is this is him in his so, helmet. Yeah, and he's tagged the well. He not he whoever's running this account has tagged like these racing venues as the location. Okay, so clearly they're implying like he's at these venues. He's training. He's competing. With professionals. Okay, I'm just going to ask one more time. Please. Because you guys, this is the joy of Mystery Bag is that I'm wrapping my head around this in real time. I, are we sure that he, it's not just like really, really advanced SponCon and that he's like racing as a Porsche ambassador? I thought maybe, but he switched brands so many times. And as a race car. Yeah. Because he went from Ferrari he went from, to Porsche. He was with Ferrari for a few years. Well, he went to Porsche. Sure, but even there, like, you know, athletes will go right. from... Nike to Uniglo. That was just Roger Federer. Yeah. It's the only person I, mean, I can think of because it's the only seems, athlete I know. This THR profile is like very in-depth about his training. Though it that being, be. Though it being in THR makes me think that it was set up by a publicist Ooh. because he is fairly yeah. reticent That's about That's true. There's like a whole photo doing, shoot. Yeah. So it seems like... Interesting. I mean, he clearly is being paid by Porsche and Ferrari right. because he's disclosing that. But right. I guess I'm just wondering the balance of it yeah. being... 
him being like the face of the brand right. and the racing versus actually Don't being a driver. Don't you you would know about it already if that was the case? Like, it almost seems too low-key for him to be, like, the face of Porsche. Yeah, but just, don't you think it's just because it's not a major yeah. s- sport here? Or right. that you and I aren't really consuming a lot right. of content about it? Yeah, that's true. I just was, like, looking up headlines. I was like, somebody no, tell me what please, Michael Fassbender is doing. Please keep your doing. eye on it. I will. Please keep us updated. I will. I was so excited when he got an Instagram, and then I was like, oh, that's what this is? This yeah. is just a Porsche account? This is. I mean, I'll take it. You're right, I'll though. It literally it. does say his bio, Michael Fassbender, actor and racing actor driver. Actor and racing this driver. This is unbelievable. Not, what a pivot. Yeah. This is a tremendous find. Thank I you so it. much for bringing You're it to so us. You're so welcome. Please, will you please come back and keep us updated yes, on Michael Fassbender's racing career? Me and Zach will come together. That, he would be delighted. Yeah, the I'll twin put you guys Michael Fassbender correspondence. Okay. <laughs> Kate Hallowell, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for listening to Jam Session. We will be back next week. <laughs>